This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial. Your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. It's Around the Dial, the best of your sports talk for Monday, January the 21st. I'm your host, D.A., and we all know what we're talking about today. Everybody around every water cooler in America discussing the NFC and AFC championship games from Sunday, two dramatic games, two overtimes, and the Patriots facing the Rams in Super Bowl 53. Let's begin with the New England Patriots as the dynasty continues to roll. Tom Brady with another epic performance despite two interceptions When it mattered most, in overtime, Brady led his team the length of the field and scored the winning touchdown, the walk-off win at Arrowhead Stadium. The future Hall of Famer joined Mutt and Callahan on WEEI in Boston for his weekly hit and discussed what he said to Patrick Mahomes and his relationship with Bill Belichick. Let's listen in. You went out of your way, Tom, to speak with him after the game. What did you say uh, to the young quarterback who had uh, a hell of a second half? Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just, Nice, uh, you know, nice to go up and, and, and see him. So it was personal, and I don't want to get into you know exactly what was said, but um, you know I have a lot of respect for him, and you know he played a great game, and they had a great season, and uh, you know he's just a he's a great great young player. I, I know you're personal. You, you we, the, the mics caught you saying I love you too to your head coach, which means which leads me to believe that. He said, "I love you," and he said it first. So that's that's you guys are getting along great, aren't you? You know, we've always gotten along great. You know, it's we've worked together for 19 years, so you know we've been in the same, you know, same had the same goals in mind for 19 years, and um, you know he's been just a great, great mentor in my life, a great coach. He's taught me, you know, more than you know anyone ever could about the game of football. And, uh, you know, I've always just loved playing here and playing for him. He's the greatest coach of all time. And we just had some incredible moments together. You've done something that uh, nobody has done in 25 years, and that's get back to a Super Bowl after losing the previous Super Bowl. What kind of accomplishment is that in your mind? You know, it's, that's a great question. You know, I was thinking about last night. I mean, it's really, it's, it's really not necessarily that, but just, to play deep into the postseason, you know, like we have for the last five years, maybe more than that, um, six years, because even if you look at 13, we're in the AFC championship game. You know, it's just it's a lot of football we're playing, you know, beyond what other teams are playing. If you're, we're playing an extra two or three games a year, all those games add up. You know, we're not getting as much we're not getting as much downtime as other teams, and you know, you're playing these really intense emotional games and. uh you know, I don't know how many extra games that is, you know, in the last six years. I'm sure we could, we could figure it out pretty quickly. But, I don't know, maybe a whole season's worth of football or close to that. 
12 to 12 to 15 games, something like that. And um, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot for everyone. It's a lot for a lot of guys who've been around for Gronk, for Jules, for Slate. You know, all the guys that have been here over the course of that period, Devin, um, you know, Steve Guskowski. I mean, that's, it's just a lot more practice, a lot more playing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to have that type of mental toughness to just, even when you lose, to come back and, and still have the mental toughness to push through and to try to be at your best and to accept the challenge every year to try to be one of the best teams. And this team has found a way to do that. I know it didn't start great, you know, this season, and we just kept working and kept fighting and, you know, we got to the postseason. And I, I said after the game, you know, I think we played our four best games of football the last four weeks against, the, you know, Buffalo, the Jets, and then against San Diego and Kansas City, that's those are the four best games I think we played. And, you know, we got to find a way to play one more great game. We're playing against, you know, another team that's had an incredible year, and there's only one team that's going to come out ahead at the end of this next game. And it's a team that plays the best, and it starts with the preparation, and, you know, we're getting started on that today. And I love you. He said, I love you. And then I love you, too, between Belichick and Brady. You know, I've always just loved playing for him. He's the greatest coach of all time. And I love you, man. No, you're the best. You're the best. I love you, dude. Had some incredible moments together. For the two weeks leading up until the Super Bowl, I suppose we can put in the glove compartment the whole saga between whether they hate each other or not. You know, we've always gotten along great. In Kansas City, a decidedly different feel. Bob Fesco, Josh Klingler, the morning show on 610 Sports Radio in KC, not only lamenting a lost opportunity, but going a step further. The fix was in! They went out there, and the, the officials and the Patriots won that football game, and the, the, the fix is in. I mean, I've been telling people for years that this league is scripted, and if you don't think so after last watching the two championship games from yesterday, I don't know whatever's going to make your mind up that, that, that there are funny things going on in the National Football League. The no-pass interference penalty, I mean, my God, how do you miss a penalty like that? And then we've got, uh, you know, D. Ford lined up offsides. We've got a roughing the passer penalty that I'm still trying to figure out how it was a roughing the, pa- the, the the passer penalty, you know, in that game last night. It was a, a roughing Tom Brady penalty. That, that's that's one. what I'm getting at here. We had a, a catch that clearly didn't look like a catch. We have Thumbgate going on now. Did he or didn't he touch the football? Julian Edelman on the punt. I mean, so many things that went in favor Derek of... Dieter could have been the freaking hero. Uh, it could have been the hero of the game last night, but... But, it away from him. but there are so many so many things that went in favor of the New England Patriots down the stretch last night that I'm not going to sit here and wonder anymore. The fix is in. The officials are told we want Boston and we want Los Angeles in the Super Bowl. Go out there and do your best to make it happen. And, and the referees in both games did their best to get the two biggest markets into the Super Bowl because bigger markets mean more money for the National Football League. The NFL loves us for our stadium here in Kansas City. They love us for the atmosphere that we provide a, in Kansas City. But they, but they don't. They don't. Yeah, no. It doesn't do them any good. They don't, they don't want us in the Super Bowl. They want us hosting championship games. They want us part of the party. They want that atmosphere on TV because it was an incredible atmosphere inside that stadium last night. I was telling you guys, I was hyperventilating. I couldn't catch my freaking breath because of the excitement that was going on. People are offering me Xanax in the crowd last night because I I, I couldn't bring my emotions down. And and just they, Xanax got yeah, offered a lot. I mean, stuff the just put there, it in your there, pocket. Yeah, yeah there, there was there was a lot of other stuff I could have been offered as well. But I mean, it was it was one of those deals where 
The atmosphere is great. The fans, the stadium is electric. But at the end of the day, the NFL doesn't want us there. They needed Los Angeles to succeed right away, and they've got one of their teams in the Super Bowl, and you've got to have another big market as well to get all the big markets to pay attention to what's going on. The ratings were up this year because big market teams did well in the National Football League. Chicago, both Los Angeles teams. You had big market teams do well that have big-time fan bases and big-time eyes and, and television sets and all of that nature. This league is fixed. This league is scripted. And I'm not blaming the loss, per se, because the Chiefs had opportunities to win it. But when push comes to shove, if you leave the New England Patriots hanging around, the, the officials are going to have an impact on this game and an impact on this season, and they sure as hell did yesterday. And I'll absolve him for the D. Ford one because he was clearly lined up in the neutral zone and he was lined up on the other side of the football. And that was a, how you line up offsides in football is beyond me. Look down and turn to your left and see where the football is and get behind the line of scrimmage. But the roughing the passer penalty, the, 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 the fumbled punt, all, all of those things that happened in that game last night that could have gone the way of the Chiefs, they all went in favor of the Patriots, and that's where you get the fixes in. That's what happens when you allow games to be decided and allow officials to have outcomes of the games. Los Angeles and Boston are in the Super Bowl, and Kansas City and New Orleans are on the outside looking in going, what the hell? One thing that I feel is questionable about this line of thinking is that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are a really marketable team for the NFL. I mean, there is no hotter superstar in the league than Mahomes, and Mahomes has built a freight train of attention and marketing all season long. So I got to feel like the NFL did not mind one bit if the Chiefs were going to the Super Bowl. The NFL doesn't want us there. But that doesn't make any Chiefs fan feel better about some of the missed officiating and certainly the phantom roughing the passer call that drew a flag and extended a Patriots drive where no hand, no arm, no hit touches Tom Brady's helmet is one that you will feel and hear about in Kansas City for a really, really long time. A punishing way to lose in the AFC title game at home Chiefs fans won't soon get over that one. I'm not going to sit here and wonder anymore. The fix is in. The officials are told we want Boston and we want Los Angeles in the Super Bowl. Go out there and do your best to make it happen. So in this game, the Patriots win the coin toss and elect to receive, of course, in overtime and never give the ball back. They go down the field and score the touchdown on the opening drive, which means the Chiefs never touch the football. Had the Chiefs forced them into a field goal, they would get a chance to answer or win with a touchdown. But if the opening team goes down the field, scores a touchdown to the first drive of OT, that's it. You lose. Everyone go home. Colin Dunlap and Chris Mack on the morning show for 97.3, the fan of Pittsburgh, said this whole structure to decide playoff games and overtimes is broken. There's really two schools of thought with this, and then it branches off from there. One, is it fair that just one team touches the ball? And some people say, no, that's not fair. It's not fair. Both teams should get the ball. Then the other side of that is, and here's the second school of thought, is, well, your defense has a chance to stop somebody. See, I don't like the rule. I don't like the rule as it is because I think that this is, for as exciting as those games were yesterday, you get down to the very end. You move into overtime. It's 31-31. These teams have scored a bunch of points towards the end. And also, when you see commercials for the NFL or when you see billboards or when you – see any sort of ad advertisements, it's largely about the quarterbacks, isn't it? I mean, this is a quarterback-driven league. You hear that all the time. In the most pinnacle moments, when it, very, it hits that crescendo, you're at the top, 
It's everybody in the country watching, seemingly. Let me see the quarterbacks decide these football games. Let me see these guys that we've built these campaigns around, that the commercials are around, that the games are built around even, the rules are built around. You can't touch them. Ask Tom Brady about that a little earlier in the game. You get anywhere near him, you breathe near him. You breathe near where he spits, it's a penalty. So that being said, I want to see both quarterbacks have an opportunity. The college rule, move it back. Move it back to the 50 if you want. So you can't just walk up and knock through a field goal. You have to gain some yards. But I want to see both quarterbacks with a football in their hands in overtime. Give New England all the credit in the world for going right down the field twice at the end of that football game. But defenses now are gassed. Defenses now aren't good enough. And defenses are built on holding teams to field goals largely as opposed to stopping them in totality. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the way it played out, Jim. No, I've never liked it. I don't even like it in the regular season. But I would understand in the interests of, you know, keeping the games within a certain time frame, I could understand in the regular season if you keep the rule as is. In the playoffs, so to me, there's there's absolutely no reason why both offenses shouldn't get the ball once. Like, I can understand why Vegas would hate that, the college rule, because it skews the over-under total at the very end of the game. There could be a 7-7 game that goes no, into I don't like the college, not the I don't like the college rule. Keep the NFL rule the way that it is. Mm-hmm. If you score a touchdown, field goal in overtime, and now for field goal, you do have to give the other team a ball. But, but um, so but, the game. So then you like the game's over then yesterday because they scored a none, touchdown. No, 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 no. I'm saying that either way, uh, the other team. You you score. You have to kick off to the other team and okay. and, and give them a chance. And then if the other team doesn't do anything with it, then well, then let me ask you this: What if New England would have turned the football over? That's fine. That's what New you Orleans did. You get it did. right there, and then you got to go down the field. That's what New Orleans did, and that's what L.A. did, and L.A. won the game. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, the, the Saints could have done what New England did. They didn't. Uh, so the the Rams' offense, they didn't have to do a whole lot. They didn't have to go too far, but they did. They went far enough for, I mean, they that was a long field goal at 57 yard. It would have been good from like 70. Uh, he nailed it, and and so that was fine because the Saints had a chance with the ball. But but to, to not give – and after what Kansas City's offense had done, if the Patriots don't win that coin toss – you think the Chiefs win the game based on what had happened over the last what three or four possessions of that game? I don't know. No, but but you but you kind of like their chances. I I like both quarterbacks with the football in their hands. Sure, I really do, and I like the college rule. I really do. That to me, that is what fits the most. Squeeze the field just a little bit. I don't need to see them come back from their backs. You know, I don't need to see them go eighty yards. And I do think games would end pretty quickly. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Look, I agree. I think it's illogical. It's counterintuitive that you get to the overtime to decide who goes to the Super Bowl and both teams don't touch the football. So the Kansas City Chiefs fight and claw and scratch all season long to win 12 games just so that they have home field advantage in the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. Just for the moment like this to force the Patriots in their hometown into that home stadium 
They fight and claw their way back to force overtime. And in overtime, you have fought and clawed and scratched in every way, shape, and form all season. And so there it is, overtime, to decide who goes to the Super Bowl. And because of a coin flip, you don't touch the football. Because of a coin flip, the strength of your team, the superstar of your team, the reason your team goes where it goes, never has a chance to put his mark on the outcome of the game. Doesn't make any sense to me. The college rules are far superior to the NFL. Both teams should have a possession from a certain spot on the field. I would say the 50-yard line, meaning if you get one first down, you can line up and potentially kick a field goal, meaning your defense has to do a little bit of something, but your offense absolutely gets out there on the field. Both teams get at least a possession, and then you can go back and forth to decide who ends up finally scoring more than the other. But the way that they're doing it right now is utterly absurd and broken, and the way that we saw the AFC Championship game decided was stupid. On the NFC side of things, the only thing anybody's talking about is the missed flag, the missed defensive pass interference, the missed no call on the officials, which would have extended the New Orleans Saints drive inside the 10-yard line. They would have taken three knees, as Sean Payton said, kicked the chip shot field goal, and went to the Super Bowl. Boomer Esiason on WFAN in New York went so far as to say the NFL is sending the wrong team to Atlanta. Quite frankly, I don't know what to tell you. You work really, really hard to win football games. And this is not to uh, take anything away from the Rams going to the Super Bowl because they had a great season too. And they had to go on the road and they had to tie the game up in regulation, which they did. And then they had to win it in overtime with an interception and a field goal from 57 yards. So like, they worked their ass off to get sure. the win. There's no question about that. But I think all football fans, and I don't care who the helmets are, I don't care where the teams are being or where the games are being played, when there's a call like that that isn't called, when it is so apparent and so obvious, and when the player that commits the foul admits it, when the NFL uh, admits that it messed up, uh, you basically are sending the wrong team to the Super Bowl. And I know that there's so many things that go into this. The mismanagement of the clock at the end of the game by Sean Payton was a dis- was a disaster on on his part. Um, and I know that you know you still have to win the game in overtime when you get the ball on offense, much like Tom Brady did against Kansas City. But uh, I'm just talking about one play in a vacuum, and that one play came at the most crucial time in the game, and it cost Drew Brees and Sean Payton. It did. And you know what? Were there bad calls throughout the game? Was there a missed call and a face mask here, a missed call there? Yeah, you could say that about every single football game that's ever been played, that there are going to be phantom calls and there are going to be no calls. But when there's a call that is this obvious and the player that is involved is admitting it, the NFL is admitting it, the Saints are scratching their head, and you have guys like Todd Gurley uh, you know, liking Instagram posts of him changing jerseys with the official on the field. Well, he did more than like it. He posted it himself. Yeah, he posted it himself. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a travesty that that play took place without a flag. It's just a travesty. And the fact that the Ram players – are are acting the way they are about it makes it even that much more difficult to really uh, grasp th- that the that the right team is in the Super Bowl. So I don't know. I think I speak for the far majority of fans that see a game unbiased. Now and a lot of people bet I picked the uh, the Rams to cover this game. You know, so you know I was two and zero in my picks, but that I don't really care about that. What I care about is getting it right, getting the right team. In the Super Bowl, and I really do believe that the wrong team is going 
And, you know, Coach Coward, to his credit, I love working with a coach because Coach said exactly what you said to me this morning in my office. And you said, well, you know what, This it feels bad, but, you know, they had a chance to stop him on defense at the end of regulation to keep him from tying. And if they don't throw the inter- interception in overtime, then maybe they have a chance to win the game that way. For me, you know, I think I played in like 185 games or whatever. And I'm sitting there, when, and I love this sport. I, I love the sport. I love the NFL. I love the uh, just the the whole excitement of it. And that's why I think we all were a little disappointed in the games in Divisional Weekend, but these two games were unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And there were so many, there's so many things to talk about, so many plays that were either made or not made, so many calls by officials, so many calls by uh, uh, by coaches, fourth and ones. Do we go for it? Don't we go fake for punt. it? Do we fake punt, save our season? I mean, it's crazy. The, the amount of things that happen in these two football games and to have two championship games going to overtime, from a TV standpoint, I'm like, this is awesome. This It doesn't get any better than sure. this. And that's why, at least for me, and I and I think I, I do think I, I, I speak for the majority of football fans out there, that the the Saints got screwed. I, I couldn't say that on TV that way yesterday. They wouldn't let me say it that way. That's how I wanted to say it. I could say it here on the radio because it's weekend boomer versus weekday boomer. Huh. Uh they just basically got screwed out of going to the Super Bowl. They did. They did. I don't care what anybody says. And don't talk to me about other plays in the game. You know, this play happened at the end of the game, and it should have been called. And the Patriots, I mean, and the Saints should have been able to attempt the field goal with basically two seconds on the clock. They win it, they kick it, they win it, and they walk off, and they're on their way to Atlanta. This will go down in history as the worst no call in the league's 100 years of existence. And I don't think that's being a prisoner of the moment. I think it's obvious how bad a missed call that was. And to decide an NFC championship game, to decide who goes to a Super Bowl in the waning minutes of that game, it's forever going to hang over the NFL, the New Orleans Saints, the NFC Championship game for 2018-2019. They just basically got screwed out of going to the Super Bowl. They did. So how bad was it? Let's listen to Angelo Cataldi on WIP, the morning show in Philadelphia. I am going to talk about Todd Prukop. Hmm. Anything? Hitting you at all? Todd Prukop? Todrick A.J. Prukop. Todd Prukop is the back judge of the officiated crew and the man responsible oh, for oh. not calling oh. the the pass interference oh. the most obvious call in the history of American sports. Uh, All right? Right in front of him. The guy, uh, and this is uh, just Tommy Lee Lewis is your intended receiver. Mm. The boy, it's third down and 10, 149 to play. 20 to 20 is the score, and the Saints are at the Rams 13. If they call it, it's first down. Game they over. run the clock down, hit the chip shot, and the Saints go on. Yeah, it's over. All they got, and and it wasn't. And, and let me just say, the guy that was uh, that that caused it, Nikal Roby Coleman. Mm-hmm. All right. He completely acknowledged after the game. Oh, he was trying to yes. take a penalty. There was it a was, touchdown. It was <laughs> textbook pass interference. Yeah. And Todd Prukop, remember the name, because it wasn't identified. You're not going to hear night. it again. Todd <laughs> Prukop, Al. Todd Prukop was there, right there to see it. And in the moment of truth, he choked. The correct call was positive defense, first down, Saints win the game. Yep. Yeah, done. So by not calling it, the players didn't decide the game. 
the guy ref the, decided the, the yes. game. Yeah. The defensive back took uh, purposely yes. took the penalty. Right now, <laughs> now can I ask you if you were the Chiefs? I, I'm sorry, if you were the, ran, the, the Rams, uh, Saints, uh, the Saints, Saints, yeah. If you were the Saints, I'm going to screw that. Yeah, up take all I day. take my team off the if field. If you were the Saints, right? <laughs> here was what was so great about it. Five minutes later, maybe ten. Sean Payton, they're like three plays further. He's still yelling at the he should have been. He should he should be. But at that point, what are you hoping to happen? Uh, get, the, get the next call. Uh, yeah. That's all you're trying I, to do. I like that's anyway. all you and can got do. It. Hey, it's, you're it's a the, player. What do you do if you're on the field? You're on the ice. What do you say? When, it's, it's a horrendous so call. If it's called against you, you want to kill somebody. If it's for you, you go. That's yeah, the breaks. Hey, give me a <laughs> give me a theory as to how. A I don't guy know. who's at the NFL the worst, level, yeah. whose responsibility on that cause is just throw a flag, how he doesn't the, do it. The, the worst possible theory is yep. that he's you know got other things on his mind than calling the game. <laughs> like maybe him wanting that other team to win the game, which would be the worst thing ever. Well, like it's, it's, I think he just choked it. You want somebody right. else to make the call for you? Yep. I got some amazing information <laughs> for you. Yeah. What I'm about to tell you, you will think I made up. Uh-huh. Right? But I didn't make it up because I knew about it before the game itself. I, over the last two or three years, I'll confirm this, mm-hmm. have become f- obsessed with officiating. Yes, you have. And I can't wait until the assignments come out every week to see who the Eagles are going to get, who will screw them in the next game. Mm-hmm. I have a really bad persecution complex. Mm-hmm. Right? So they announced last Tuesday that the Bill Vinovich crew was going to do the Saints-Rams game. Mm-hmm. And the Rams fan base began a petition drive. Yeah. To have Vinovich removed because the last eight times the Rams had a game that Vinovich officiated, they were 0 and 8. Yep. Yeah. Wow. They were out. They were 0 and 8. Yeah. They don't call penalties. They don't. Uh, whatever it is. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah. yeah. They keep whatever the, they keep, it is. The, they keep the flat. No, but they, they, that's like, you can't not call that penalty. No, you should be fired right there. You should be fired <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> it's just in crazy. that moment. That's nuts. All right, so we're now not only the worst call in NFL history, the worst call in American sports history. Might not be wrong. I mean, again, think about what's on the line. Think about the legacies. Think about the outcome. Think about everything that rolls into going to a Super Bowl and it being decided on an obvious missed call. The most obvious call in the history of American sports. Uh There's never going to be any way to properly underscore just how awful, just how terrible, just how ridiculously incorrect and bad that judgment was by the officials sending the Rams to the Super Bowl. The Saints got screwed. And so while the NFL gets L.A. in the Super Bowl, the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees have to go home. Their season's over on a ridiculous ending. And as always, Drew Brees, total class act, talking to Zach Streif, WWL Radio in New Orleans, about how to deal, how to cope with something as devastating as this. If you play this game long enough, um, man, you're going to have the highest of highs, right? And you're going to have probably the lowest of lows, right? Whether that's an injury or whether that's a play or a moment that just didn't go your way, you know, one of those shocking things. Um, and you have a choice at that point, right, to go one of two directions. You can go in the tank. You can let it linger. Um, you can li- live with regret 
or you can say, you know what, I am going to come back better for the from this. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make this for good somehow, some way. I feel like we did that last year after that tough loss at Minnesota, right? Um, man, that was a tough loss. And yet, I think we as a team knew that we had a special group, and if we took the right approach, we could come back better. And I feel like we did come back better. Um, and this one's a tough one, tough pill to swallow, right? It's going to hurt for a while. It's going to sting. But I feel like this is something that can continue to mold us and strengthen us. And, and so everybody has a choice to make, right? I mean, that's, that's the greatest right we have is, is, is that choice to either make it stronger, make it for good somehow, some way, or go in the tank. You talk about last year, and obviously now it's two straight years of just it's a devastating ways to end seasons. Last year's coming from a play that was made on the field, and this one more the the lack of it was terrible. I mean, it's just it's an amazing moment, honestly, in in sports that something that big and that big of a moment can be missed and can have that big of an outcome. Does it change at all the way it gets approached because it wasn't a play? on the field it was kind of uh, something out of your control that's exactly right I I I live by the motto like worry about the things you can control right and you played this game long enough and 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 we all recognize that there's there's always going to be missed calls maybe sometimes calls that go your way sometimes they don't but man in this moment right with everything at stake right right there for the world to see, right? It's not like it was happening on the backside of a play and nobody saw it, right? It wasn't a bang-bang. It was, yes, it was right there for the world to see. Oh, man, that's tough. That's tough. Now, listen, it happens. We yell and scream. How does that not get called? And then, But then after that, it's like, man, you've you got to be a professional, man. you got to move on to the next play. Worry about the things you control. Let's go, right? But now looking back on it, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that's that's... That's the game. Well, as always, Drew Brees showing a lot of class, a lot of humility, and a lot of perspective in a difficult spot and a difficult loss. Think about the last two Januaries for the New Orleans Saints. Last year losing on the Minneapolis Miracle in Minnesota. This year losing on the no-call for the refs. Just an excruciating way to be eliminated the last two years. That will do it. That's the best of your sports talk around the dial for Monday, January the 21st. No shortage of talking points from the AFC and NFC Championship Games. We'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. 1 Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 